Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. and I'm a road scholar and a third year PhD in oncology at the University of Oxford and also I am the lead founder and CEO of the newly registered Integrated Cancer Research Foundation of Kenya. I was born in uh, Inaya village, uh, that is Biteresa County, Kakamega County, and that is where I grew up until I was 18. Uh, we were a family of six siblings, and I was the third born. Uh, both my dad and my mom are, uh, my mom is a primary school uh, graduate, my dad, high school graduate. And both of them are just doing small-scale work, of which my dad is a peasant tailor, repairing people's clothes. My mom uh, is more of a housewife. And I school at Mnuku Primary School, uh, of which, because uh, you go on footing, barefoot. And then I went to Lunda Secondary School, which is also just in Butere, but you had to walk for like one and a half hours before you arrive to school and then, of course, come back in the evening. The family was more of a humble family because there was no income. Until today, there's uh, nobody in the family who is on a government income. But my dad was somebody who was passionate, and I mean he was somebody who wanted his children to go to school. One thing that I have to mention is that our village is more of a retrospective village where people still cling tightly on uh, the um, traditions. Uh, of course, like most people don't go take their kids to school. And my dad was different. Even though his uh, father died when he was nine, and they went through a lot of challenges. He always wanted us to go to school. And he managed to do that largely through borrowing money from people. I remember he used to tell me that I would rather be arrested for borrowing money, but ensure that you people are able to go to school. And also, I, as I mentioned, he's a small-scale tailor, which most of the time is repairing people's clothes. So that is also one way of uh, raising a living. For the family and also 
we have like around two acre land. So sometimes we used to lease land to people and then they can give him some money to pay school fees for us. And he helped all of us, that is our siblings, all of them to uh, go to primary school, finish high school. And I became the first one to join university. Also the fourth one, that is who was born after me, is currently doing uh, his degree at Technical University of Mombasa. And then the second last born, he will be joining the Kenyan Navy very soon. And then the last born is joining the university. So all this uh, is not because of money. It is because our dad wanted us to get education. And uh, even though he didn't get a chance to go to the college or the university, even though he was not employed, he worked so hard to ensure that at least his children can manage to get education. So that is all about our family. That is a tough question. But my uh, interest in the field of medical science, I started when I was in my last year of primary school. My uh, great angle was uh, diagnosed with uh, esophageal cancer. And we lost him. That was in 2006. And we lost him in 2007 when I was in Form 1. And I think... uh, it was a very painful uh, experience and moment because like, we couldn't get uh, enough money to take him to hospital, so he had to endure the pain. And that experience uh, germinated in me a seed to uh, venture in uh, the medical field. Uh, initially, I wanted to become a medical doctor, but I went to a school where the probability of joining university or getting an A, let me say the probability of getting an A was uh, zero because out of more than 100 people who uh, 100 students who enrolled in from one, only one used to join uh, university. So the first student to join university from Lunda Secondary School was in the year 206, one person, 207, one person, 208, we had also one person. 209, one person, and in 2010, uh, five of us managed to get a score to join university. But until today, we have never produced a doctor or a lawyer. And that is how my dream to become a medical doctor uh, vanquished. And um, then, uh, because I had uh, achieved a grade to join university, I started thinking of what should I do and that is how I identified the, the degree at Technical University of Mombasa, that is Bachelor of Technology in Industrial Microbiology and Biotechnology. And it taught me uh, that I can do something to help the people through research. That is through medical research. So I went to TUM and then I did the degree. I really worked very hard. And it was uh, during the time at tomb that I uh, discovered this degree to do what to progress and do something like counter research and contribute towards saving people's lives and of course prolonging life. So that is how I I I identified my current uh, career. I cannot say that uh, 
there's somebody who motivated me to become a sandist as i mentioned uh, the source of my passion was uh, through the experience of my great uncle being diagnosed with esophageal cancer and then uh, succumbing to the disease uh, just within one year of uh, being diagnosed and then uh, i wanted to be a medical doctor but i couldn't get a, 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 a grade to enable me enroll in a medical degree but still i stayed on the course and that is how i found myself in the field of science and what motivates me um is the desire to make a difference uh like the problems in the society when i see people in my country dying from cancer people presenting with late stage disease uh, that is late stage cancers uh people being unable to receive treatment that is what motivates me to even work harder and i think my passion to pursue oncology came from uh, the fact that in our country we have ever increasing number of cancer cases high mortality rate and there is a big problem and so i wanted to do something to help make a difference i started my education in 1998 that is nasar education at naya nasar school and uh, after my uh, nasar education i went to a primary that is where i did my uh, primary uh, education and i think i was number 3 in the kcsc exams and i waited for my letter to join high school and it never came So my dad decided to go to Lunda Secondary School and uh talk to the principal at that time it was Mr Wabwire and they gave me a slot to join Lunda Secondary School and Lunda Secondary School uh life was always difficult I can say I was the most frequently sent home student for tuition fee almost every month you're being sent home going to uh, bring uh, school fees and then i think the most <laughs> interesting part was i joined uh, lunda secondary school with ladies shoes so when i was to join uh, of course uh, i had never <laughs> put on shoes during my primary school life so we are always walking on a bare feet and so it's always a requirement that in secondary school you have to buy the shoes and i remember we went with my mom to sabatia market <laughs> it's crazy and uh we were buying <laughs> the shoes and i'm the one who actually picked those shoes and i never knew that they were ladies shoes so we got the shoes and then i joined uh, lunda secondary school on uh 29th of january uh 2007 and when i joined during lunch time i found that everybody is looking at me and like they are laughing at me and so that is when i it came to my attention that the shoes that i bought are for ladies and so when i went back home i told my dad like dad there is no way i'm going to go back to school with these shoes because it's really 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 stressful for me that's the first day and like everybody's just coming to our class to see with this guy that is having a uh, lady's shoes and my dad told me i think it's you and your mom 
who went to to purchase those shoes and you must remember that I borrowed that money so you love to stay with those shoes until they get old and so I had to stay with those ladies shoes until October 207 that is when my dad bought me new shoes but that is just the part of joining the school so at Lunza as I mentioned I joined knowing that the probability of going to university was one out of 100 plus so it was zero uh, percent point something percent uh, and it's because it's a good school but it is a rural school so less resources less motivation and I think that was the culture but I always wanted to do something I wanted to become a, a doctor and I think that is why I found myself working hard even though like most of the time I used to be sent home I could go home and my dad told uh, tells me like you don't need to be in school to pass exams. You can just be here and then you read your notes. And most of the time I used to read uh, from home. I remember when I was in Form 4 in January, the whole of January until mid-February, I was at home because uh, I had no tuition fee. And uh, I decided to read from home. So when I went back, we were having the first cut for Form 4. Uh, uh, that is a, a class. And I did the cut and I talked in math and business, and I was second in geography. And the teachers were really surprised and like, how how comes like you managed to get these good grades yet you are not in school? And that is when I appreciated that even during difficult moments, there's always success. It's only those who give up. It's only those who think that the doors are closed that are not going to make it. So every problem has a hidden success in it. So you can be at home without school fees and then you can do something. You can read on your own and still you are able to, to succeed. So I managed to um, go through the Lund Education uh, system and uh, I got a B grade. I was the fourth one in our class. So five of us managed to get a slot to join university. By the time I finished high school, even though the tuition fee, that is the school fees per year was 12,250, I had a debt amounting 21,000 and something. So meaning that almost two years, I never paid school fees. That's why most of the time I was, I was always sent home. And then uh, after that, I joined university, that is Technical University of Mombasa. And I remember my dad took me to the bus uh, at Kakamega Coast Bus Station. That was the first time I am traveling from the village to the city. It was on eighth uh, of uh, January, twenty twelve. And when the bus was about to leave, my dad came to the bus where I was sitting, and he told me, "Hudson, you are leaving, going to Mombasa. I'm not going to be there." take care of you. I'm not going to be there to police you. I'm not going to be there to check whether you are studying or not. You are going to be alone. But if there's something that you must remember is you're the first person from our family to ever join university. You're the first person from our village to ever join university. So you are the light of the village. You are the hopes of the family. So if you are going to play there, 
then you are going to fail us and even your siblings are also going to live the same life that I went through after my my father died so i hope that you will remember all these hard and uh, difficult uh, moments that you have been going through and that will give you a motivation to work and the other statement that he told me is that you must remember we have no money so there are days when you might go without food and i went to the university of course i was uh, receiving help which uh, could uh, pay my tuition fee but how do you survive the only semester that i got a chance to sleep on my own bed when i was at the university the first semester because it was a requirement that you have to pay at least half of the tuition fee before you get the accommodation and because i didn't have relatives in mombasa i had them but no one was willing of course to host me i i i had to get a a hostel and so my dad paid for the hostel so i survived on 500 shillings and also my elder brother was a plumber he could only send me not more than 500 so 1000 shillings so life was proving to be difficult and i think i started to survive the following semesters that is second to the eighth semester those semesters most of the time i just used to sleep on the floor like mombasa is really warm so you just sleep on the floor but if there's something that i was really happy with there was water so i could shower and then there was electricity i could read as much as i can and i will repeat every problem has always a solution in it because i was surviving in other students room it means that you cannot sleep before 12 am so you have to wait everyone to sleep because you can't be surviving and like you just sleep very early because people will pop in and like you don't want everybody to know that you are surviving and so i used to sleep late also you have to wake up very early and now the problem was i didn't have a place to sleep i didn't have enough money so what was the success in this problem that because you cannot come to sleep early you can use that time to to read and i really worked hard and at the end of my time at technical university of mombasa I was the only one who got a first class in our class and it was during this time that I also identified that I need to go and study abroad I want to study something that can help me save lives in Kenya and I started applying for scholarships when I was in second year I applied for one scholarship the Westminster University scholarship and I failed in third year I tried I failed in fourth year I applied for Chevening and Commonwealth I failed and in 2016 i finished my undergraduate studies on january 19th 2016 that year i'm a believer so i remember when we finished the last paper and the classmates were taking the photos i just rushed to my room and i told god god thank you you have led me through this journey and i got what i wanted when i came here that was a distinction now this year I don't want to know the kind of job I'm going to do. What I'm going to focus on is getting a scholarship. And in 2016 I applied a total of nine scholarships most of which were rejected, but the road scholarships came through, which is the best scholarship in the world. 
And that is how I got a slot to come and study in the UK. I did my master's uh, of science in Kanza at UCL. And then I came to Oxford in 2018, October, to begin my current PhD, where I'm focusing on developing a PET and SPECT imaging agent for pancreatic cancer diagnosis. In terms of uh, work, um, my first job that I did to earn money, <laughs> it was in 20... It was in 2011, so I finished my high school in uh, I finished my high school in 2010, and in 2011, when I was still waiting for the opportunity to join university, I was at home. I didn't have a phone, and I wanted to have a phone. So uh, the first job that I ever did was to go and dig out the pond, the fish pond. So we had the CDF projects where ten people can uh, dig a, I remember very well it was it was um, around close to 30 meters by 15 meters pond so you have to do that in 10 days so each day you you are paid 250 which means that you earn 2500 and I did the job I got 2500 and I bought my first phone which was Alcatel phone like the small one. So when you, uh, of course, <laughs> you know, the 2G phone, but like it had uh, some hubs to help you to access internet. So if you are logging on Facebook, I remember I joined in, on Facebook, it was July 2011. That is when I got the money. So you, you have to log, uh, to log in and you wait for almost <laughs> 20 minutes before you can see anything on Facebook. So that was the first job. And then after that job also came another job where the CDF still was trying to connect uh, the the water, that is the the CDF water, to homes of affluent people in our villages. And so like we were kind of um, digging out the terraces where they will lay the, the pipes. I also did that job. I earned some money. That helped me to buy some of the stuff because my dad, really never cared about what you put on. He only cared about education because he always said it is this education that will get you the clothes that you you want. And so you are going to the university and your dad is never bothered about what you're going to put on at the university. So there came also the, the job to dig out the terraces where like the pipes for supplying water to people's homes uh, will be laid. And I did that. I got some few coins. I remember I think I earned there almost close to 5,000 and it enabled me to buy some t-shirts, some some trousers, and probably, I think I went with two pairs of shoes to the university. And then uh, when I was at the university, uh, because I, I was one of the top performers, I remember that the first semester was the long old day. I came back home and I got an opportunity to teach in my former high school, that is Lunda Secondary School. I used to teach biology, maths, geography, and business studies. That was the first time I did more of a formal job. And then also in the second year, I came back and I did the, the same job at uh, Lunda Secondary School. That was in 20, that was in 2013. And then uh, in 2014, uh, 
uh, also during the long old day i got an opportunity to i came to nairobi i was looking for a job i made several applications in almost april and uh, may i never got a job and i talked to my uncle who is a plumber and he connected me to to a company that was building the current senate building so i am one of the guys who who built or constructed the senate building i went there and i dug out a lot of uh, that is the terraces like um like offloading the cement like lot of stuff from the the lorries just cleaning the windows there was a time like uh, you could clean the windows i think that building should be having almost close to over 500 windows so like just you alone like cleaning those windows that was from late may to september 2nd in 2014 so that is the work that i did so those are the first jobs that i ever uh, did and then after i finished my undergrad because i performed well uh, the university had offered me a position to teach and i think it delayed until i got the road scholarship in november i got the scholarship on november 1st on november 11th 2016 and then after that in 2016 january they gave me an undergraduate uh, teaching assistant position where i used to teach uh, statistical methods and uh, introduction to microbiology that was from january to august before i came here in september 2017 though even though i did the job until today they have never given me the salary but i was happy to do the work so it was like you do the work and then they pay you once you finish the 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 semester but when i came here i think they didn't send the money to me that is the first work that i did and then the second work that i did uh, is what i'm doing currently that is founding the i founded the integrated cancer research uh, uh, foundation of kenya in 2018 january when i was i just and i remember um, very well i started the organization as an online platform to educate people about cancer so just posting information about cancer posters questions via social media uh on facebook and then uh as we continued to progress i think uh, most people started developing interest in the organization i recruited a number of people from kenya some of them were driven by monetary motive so they couldn't stay uh some of them came with status quo they even didn't understand much about cancer research but because they were lecturers like they saw me as a young person so we had disagreements and they had to leave and uh, until today i am the 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 ceo of the organization so currently we are a team of 37 i have managed to bring all of them on board through social media just posting so in 2019 we started the kandawenis events we have a number of uh, biomedical graduates medical students nursing students in kenya who developed interest they joined as volunteers and then we started having grassroots uh, fiscal uh, awareness events in Nairobi because of, we work on no finance so we don't have any source of finance 
the only thing I used to do is uh, because at least the scholarship gives me some few coins, I could send them sometimes the ticket to the awareness center and uh, buying them some lunch. And uh, because we are posting some pictures of the work on social media, so many people developed interest and I got in touch with them. I interviewed them and uh, they came on board. And the pandemic has really caused many people to lose their lives. So many families are suffering from stress and from financial difficulties. And uh, it's really, really painful. But I can say one of the things I uh, that I benefited during the pandemic is because I started being involved on social media frequently because I'm not going to the lab. Uh, it caught the attention of so many people because most people at home, I think everyone was on social media to break down the boredom and probably to engage with the world. And when several people started seeing the post, they contacted me, I talked to them. And that is how I managed to get three postdoctoral oncology researchers at Oxford, uh, four PhD students at Oxford. I've got two guys from, uh, from USA. And also I've managed to talk and uh, bring on board Folks, for professors and one professor from University College London as external advisors. And all this work is being done for free because we have managed to register the organization, to come up with the constitution, to come up with the overview document for the organization. Right now, like we also have the awareness events. Even today, as I speak, like we are had an awareness event in uh, Mount Kenya at Mount Kenya University. And they are working out of passion. And if there's something I can tell anybody out there is that if you cannot do something for free, then don't expect to do that, that thing even better when you have money. So if you can do something for free, it means that if you are given a chance to expand your knowledge and skills, and then if you are given resources, then you can even do that thing very well. And probably the other thing I can tell is, uh, of course, if you are passionate about something, then you can't help to drive away from it. Especially if that thing is meant to make a difference in the society, to change people's lives, to save lives, prolong lives. Then you always stick to it and work hard, being persistent, regardless of the challenges, whether like you are going to get negativity from the people, whether you're going to be sick, whether there are no resources, you stick to the course, one day the organization will, will will work out. One day the job you are seeking, you'll always get it. If you are looking for scholarship, you'll always find it. The only time you fail is when you give up because winners never quit and quitters never win. So that is a little bit about the job uh, that I've done <laughs> for the past few years until today. So uh, as a PhD student at Oxford, I am uh, working with my supervisor, Professor Bart Cornelison, and uh, his research focuses on developing radiopharmaceutical for imaging cancer. And what I'm doing here uh, as a student uh, researcher is I'm developing the PET and SPECT imaging agents for 
uh, early detection of pancreatic cancer. As it stands today, pancreatic cancer is the most lethal form of all cancers because uh, it has got the worst uh, five-year survival rate of less than 5%. And the reason for this uh, is because majority of the patients usually present at hospital with late-stage metastatic disease, which is one um, resistant to the conventional therapies, and of course, it cannot be cured through surgery. And uh, less than 20% of the patients who qualify for surgery, at least they have got a favorable survival rate of approximately 30%. So what does that mean? is if we are able to detect this disease at early stage, that is before stage one, we are likely to we are likely to improve the dismissal uh, five years uh, survival statistics from 5% to close to five, uh, 30%. And so my project is focusing on uh, developing an antibody-based and peptide-based imaging uh, agents uh, for imaging pancreatic cancer that will enable us to detect the disease before symptom manifestation. And then uh, if we are likely to do that, then of course we'll be able to improve the detection and also the survival rates uh, after treatment. And then uh, some of the challenges you face as a student I think I failed to mention during my introduction that I'm a dad also. Uh, I got my wife, she's with me here. I think you saw when the interview was starting, that was in 2014. I remember we met, we met uh, exactly on, 10, on 8th of October 2014. She had just joined Technical University of Mombasa to pursue her bachelor's degree in commerce. That is finance option, and I was in third year. And then when we met, uh, and then we started dating. After a few months of dating, uh, things happen. Things happen, and then she got pregnant. So we got our firstborn when uh, um, in 2015. That is in October with a, a lady uh, called, or a girl called Shalin. And then um, after getting the scholarship in 2016, November, uh, I think she got pregnant again. And we got a son who is currently three years. His name is David. So uh, why did I bring this into the question? So you asked about the, the highs and lows. I think uh, the challenges I have faced was I first traveled to UK on 16th September 2017 and when I was traveling my second born was um, nine days old and then the first born was two years she was turning two years I think she was a few days from turning uh, two years and um, at that time we got these kids. When I was leaving Kenya, I left when we were sleeping in a single room. And uh, it was on, I think it was on almost a, 
a 1500 Kenya slim mattress without a bed, without gas and all that. And so when I was uh traveling to the UK, I had those difficulties. So one, you are living a young family and uh you are not established. So I arrived here and like there are a lot of stresses. So I had to of course the scholarship is really good to use part of my finances to to support them. My wife was still doing her undergrad. So I think the main source of stress was her managing the kids alone and of course I being away from the kids because she had to go to school and then we have got two little kids also to take care we managed to get a nanny to help them but it's really difficult parenting from from far it's really really difficult so that is the main source of stress that i had uh, or i have always had during my stay here at oxford in, in terms of highs i think um, the project is going very well and i am 100% sure that I'm going to finish my PhD on time that is by 2022 September also uh, a very very helpful supervisor and I think the other thing that has been giving me a lot of uh, hope is the the organization that I founded it is now registered it's established I've managed to bring on board very passionate and skilled people who want to see the organization running and helping the people of Kenya and Africa at large and i think it has been a very very big source of motivation for my phd and for generally for my life and for my wife she managed to get a chance to come here it was november last year so at least also like i don't feel lonely like it was but still the kids are in kenya in kakamega the school at kakamega school they stay with my sister in law who has a nanny and we communicate via Skype and uh, sometimes WhatsApp video call so it helps but of course we are living without them for that uh, I, one thing that i want to to tell you is that or to tell everyone out there is if you really want to succeed in this world is focus on the future have a plan have a plan that one i i just want to tell you you need to focus on the future why am i saying this is those who focus on yesterday or the problem that happened in the past they are they will never easily succeed in this world of course we want to focus on the solution so why is it that i failed this exam i need to work hard so that in the future i need to pass the exams but if you focus on thinking about the problem if you focus on uh like the past then you forget about the future so i always try to have a plan for my future like when i was in high school i was already thinking about going to study abroad but i never knew how can i get abroad because i was from a village i never knew about scholarships and so when i got into the university when i was doing my undergrad i knew i want to get study abroad that was a motivation that enabled me to work very hard to get good grades to help me to apply for a scholarship and so that is how i managed to to get the scholarship and so what are my future plans uh, 
one, uh, I want the organization, that is the Kanda Research Organization, uh, to become successful. It's already registered. Uh, it's already active. We are uh, educating, enlightening the people about Kanda through grassroots uh, outreach uh, sessions. But we want to do research. It's a huge gap in the country. We want to improve uh, the quality of cancer care in the country. Majority of our cancer centers are in Nairobi. How can we ensure that people in probably in Mandera, people in remote and local regions can also have a, a quality cancer care within um, the area that they can easily easily travel to without having to think about the bus ticket to Nairobi. And of course, there's always congestion there. And so, as I mentioned, uh, my future is to see Kanda Research Kenya becoming a success, but I don't want to to live in Kanda Research Kenya forever. Probably I want to be their CEO for at most five years, but likely two to three years, I, I will only be a member of board of trustees because I know we have a good team. I know we have people who want to 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 see the organization uh, going forward, and I will always be there to help in uh, getting resources, to help in providing direction and strategy. But I want Kanda Research Kenya to be a success. So that is the first one. The second one, of course, I want to finish my PhD by next year. And uh, my major area of interest is how can Kenya, how can Africa also have access to affordable, cutting-edge, safe, and um, and uh, effective cancer therapies? Because uh, the truth is uh, almost all the biopharmaceutical companies, they are in developed countries, and uh, they produce those drugs but how many of our people are able to have access to the novel therapies, personalized medicine, immunotherapies? I don't think like any Kenyan, an average Kenyan, is able to receive such kind of treatment. We still rely on radiotherapy, of course, it saves lives. And the conventional um, therapeutics that were discovered so long uh, ago, but with the advent of personalized medicine, where we want to ensure that we are giving a patient a drug that is likely to help him, and also it is likely to be safe. How can we also, as African people, be able to have access to these uh, modern Kanda drugs? And so that is where my interest lies. I am passionate about biopharmaceutical industry. And so after my PhD, I am likely to do uh, an MBA where I want to um, learn how to commercialize science because right now I'm equipping myself with scientific skills. I'm doing translational research and I know what it takes to produce a drug, to develop a drug. I understand the, the science and ethics involved in clinical trials. And, but now, what I'm lacking uh, are the business skills, the entrepreneurial skills. And so, going forward, I am uh, thinking of doing an MBA. And then, uh, I'm already working on a biopharmaceutical company initiative. 
it's called Pumgen Therapeutics Incorporation. And the reason for starting this uh, company is not because I want to be a billionaire. Of course, I want to be a billionaire in the future or to have money. But the reason why I am thinking about this is because can we bring our Sundays together? Can we also, as Africans, use our ingenuity and the few resources that we have to start something that can produce effective, safe, and affordable cancer drugs for our people? Because the truth is, the cancer cases will keep on rising. That is the truth. Because of life, lifestyle change, like so many people are drinking alcohol, so many people are uh, becoming obese, so many people are smoking. And so it means that the risk factors are also increasing and so the cases will keep increasing. But what can we do? Through awareness, we can help to shape people's lives, to uh, support them to make positive life changes, which can reduce the number of cancer incidents. But what about those who have already developed the drug. Are they going to die because they can't have access to better uh, treatment? No. I think what we can do is we can produce those drugs in our country, on our continent, and most people have access to these drugs. Why am I saying this? Currently, one pound is equivalent to 156. A cleaner is paid almost half a million per month. What about in Kenya? So if we look at the discrepancy in economics, it is clear that it will be difficult for Western countries to develop better drugs that are affordable for our population. And Western countries were not born with biopharma companies. They were not born with cancer research centers. They were not born with even the, the electric cars we had to have people who realized that we have a problem. And because these problems, most of them were created by us, we can also find a solution. And that is why I feel that it's high time we as African people should also invest in the biopharma, so-called company industry, and try to produce cheap, effective, and safe drugs for people. And that is where my future lies. So that is where my future lies, like uh, in Five years' time, probably I want to work in a biopharma company either here in the UK or in the USA to try to learn about the research culture. What does it take to produce a drug? Because currently I'm having the university experience, but I also need some experience from the industry. And then to create networks and to try to look for funding. And then I can use uh, those resources too to uh, ensure that uh, the Pimgen Therapeutic Incorporation can also become functional and we can also try to produce drugs that can meet the, the needs of our people. And that is how we can save and prolong lives on our continent. Uh, do I have a mentor? Um, I think uh, there are people, if I realize that I'm pursuing a particular goal, and probably I lack the knowledge or I don't have sufficient knowledge to help me to succeed, I always try to do what? To look for people. And so uh, I know of um, a guy called uh, 
Martin Bittner, who founded the, the Actoris company that is trying to automate the drug development process and medical research uh, through uh, artificial intelligence uh, work. So I constantly reach out to him. Also, there's a guy called David Walcott from Jamaica. Uh, he's a medical doctor, also a graduate from the Oxford Medical Science uh, with a PhD. He's also trying to do some work on uh, developing a biopharmaceutical company back in in his country. So I also try to reach out to, to him. But uh, I think largely I can say uh, I am a self-driven individual and my motivation comes from my desire to make a difference in the society. Like, I always have that burning desire in me that I can do something, whether I'm rich or poor, to make a difference. Like, I didn't have to have money to start Cancer Research Kenya. I just needed, like, to think about how will this organization help the people of Kenya and Africa at large. And uh, I think that is what drives me. My fuel is desire to make a difference in the society and it's not just all about uh, it's not just about cancer alone, saving lives from cancer I just want a society where there's justice, uh, liberty there's economic freedom there's equality, if you come to my organization, there's 50-50% uh, in terms of gender representation uh, if you look at uh, regional representation, I'm a lawyer, but we only have two lawyers in the organization. I think the, we, we have the third one who just joined uh, last week, but we are currently 37. And I always try to ensure that whether it's Nyanza, Luya, Central, Coast, Kamba, where, like Rift Valley, I always try to ensure that there is diversity. Because when you bring diverse ideas together, then you can get the, the solution. There is no way we can have homogeneous problem in the society. People have got different needs. And if you only rely on people from your tribe, then you will forget about the, the, other, the other problem in the other tribe. And I think that is the cause I'm always committed to. And uh, that is what I always try to do. So I'm a self-driven individual because of the desire to help make a difference. And then to the young people, I do a lot of <coughs> mentorship work. Like I came here not because my dad paid money or not because of connection. I was the first guy from Technical University of Mombasa to ever get a chance to come and study uh, in the UK. And at the same time, to start at Oxford or earn the road scholarship. And this is just generous or generosity by some people whom I don't know. They are just providing funds to do what? To uh, help people who have the desire to make a difference in society. And so the thing is, I always appreciate that I'm whom I am because in primary school, my dad used to borrow money. When I was in uh, high school, same thing. In the university, I think 70% of my survival was through borrowing money from people. 
hey, like today I'm broke. Can you get something for me? And then, so I appreciate the value of generosity. And also I know that the fact that somebody like me from Mnuk Primary School, Nunda Secondary School, to Technical University of Mombasa, managed to get to Oxford, it means that we have so many people in Kenya who can also make to Oxford, who can also become uh, oncologists, who can also achieve these great goals, but they don't know that they can make it. Because you always need light to be able to see where you are going. So if there is no light, then you can never manage to make it. And so that is why I've endeavored every day. I think I've got a bunch of almost over 100 people. And I don't choose whom to communicate to. Whether it's through LinkedIn, hey, Hudson, I am looking for a scholarship. Can you help me? I always reply and get in touch with them. So like I've got so many people from different uh, regions of Kenya, from West Africa. I think the Nigerian guys are always very ambitious. I've already helped two of them from West Africa to get scholarships. One of them is here at Oxford. One of them is in USA, in Kenya. I've helped uh, around, they should be around nine people to get opportunities to come and stand abroad. Several of them uh, managed to get to the interview stage. They didn't get the opportunity because Sometimes you can get the interview stage, you don't get. If you give up, you'll never get it. But if you try next time, you will always get it. And so one thing that I always do is to mentor the young people. When I come to Kenya, I have to go to my school. I have to go to schools in our region. That is in our in our village. We have Inaya school, in Secondary School. We have, we have Lunda Secondary School. We have um, St. Patrick's uh, Catholic School. So I always go to those schools freely just to talk to those students and tell them, like, you can work hard from this school, get to the university and go to study, to study abroad. And so that is one thing that I do most, like, apart from my PhD, apart from managing the cancer research organization, I have endeavored my life to ensure that I can at least help other young people out there to also be able to... uh, focus on their goals and be able to to achieve and also make a difference in the society. So anyone out there like who is looking for scholarships, you know, just about scholarships, uh, just about life. I'm not like superhuman that I understand everything. I always try to use my life experience because there was a time I was sleeping at on the floor at Technical University of Mombasa. There was a time when I was in high school. I was being sent home every month. And so there are people who are going through this and they think that they cannot make it. So if I talk to these people and then they be like, and you are at Oxford, then I think I can also, I can also make it. So that is one thing that I always do. Like I always try to mend up people and it is for free and it is without any form of discrimination that, so these guys, messages me when I have time I can delay to respond but I always try to go and check my messages to check why did this person message me how can I help where I can yeah I think we have so many opportunities uh, 
but it's only for those who are looking for these opportunities. Because I, I know, like, there are there, there are so many Kenyans. Uh, the reason I, I I made a post on a Facebook group called uh, Thriving Lawyers, and I think I just shared uh, about myself and the organization that I started. And so many people texted me. And one thing that I noticed is that we have people who did science degrees. They did biotechnology, microbiology. And they be like, I did this course and I, I don't have hopes. Like, it's not marketable in this country. I am thinking of doing probably a business course. I'm thinking of probably doing nursing. Can I get a scholarship like that? And I'd be like, I think it's probably because you don't know what kind of degree you did and you never made efforts to know which opportunities are out there. Because I did industrial microbiology and biotechnology, I remember when I was looking for scholarships, I told my uh, one of my former lecturers that I want to pursue oncology, and he was like, so why would you pursue oncology? In Kenya, we don't have cancer research organization. In Kenya, we don't have university offering an oncology career. So when you come back here, do you want to come back and be a jobless person? But he never realized that I had already identified that the biggest problem that Kenya and African developing nations are going to have right now is cancer. Because the, 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 the wave of infectious diseases is subsiding. And then for the chronic degenerative diseases such as cancer, it is going up. So in the near future, we will forget about malaria, we'll forget about cholera because we have love vaccines for these diseases. But what about cancer? As I mentioned, the cases are going to keep going up. So we need to do research to understand our cancer and all that. And that is why when my lecturer told me that, that why do you want to pursue this course? I told him, I just like this course. Then he was like, I don't think like it's going to help you. But he never knew the reason why I wanted to, to pursue. I always feel like if you, are, if you are pursuing something that is right for you and it's also likely to make a difference, then you cannot lose on it. You can never fail. You only need to be persistent and you know you only need to be patient. And so my advice to the young scientists is we have opportunities. Like we have if you did a biomedical science degree, you can literally like do any master's and PhD in that field. You can do oncology. I did microbiome biotechnology. I'm doing oncology. You can do like genetics. You can do uh, cancer biology. You can do molecular oncology. You can do public health. It is only that you only focused on what you studied and you never decided to think out of box what is it that I can do this degree, what opportunities are out there. So we have so many scholarship opportunities, whether it's Rhodes Scholarship that is opening in June. It usually opens in June, on June 1st, and then closes on August at first for Kenyans, whether it's Commonwealth, whether it's Chevening, whether it's CAD, Cambridge, whether it's uh, whether they are university-based scholarship where you just apply to the university and if you submit an outstanding application with a good statement, a good motivational uh, uh, essay, why you want to pursue that course, what is it that you want to do for the world, then they give you the course and the university offers you funding because in Western countries, like the universities are research institutions and they 
contribute towards bettering the society. So they get a lot of funding from other organizations. Also, their work, like sometimes, like they can produce some uh, uh, some products or like some services which can be patented and then that can help them to generate income. That is why we have so many funding opportunities in the in the university. So if you are a scientist out there, you need to think what is it that I can do with this degree? Like, can I do a master's? Can I do a PhD? Go on the internet. Then you need, if you can never take an initiative to go on the internet and try to look for opportunities outside Kenya, or even inside Kenya, if you can never think out of box to ask yourself, okay, I did biotechnology, what is it that I can do that is closely related to biotechnology, but not exactly what I did during my undergrad, then you can never know that you can be able to use that degree to advance yourself to the next level of master's and the next level of PhD and then do something. So we have so many opportunities out there, but it's, these opportunities are not meant for specific people. They are meant for people who are looking for them. They are meant for people who want to make a difference and people who are working hard with persistence, with patience, and those who have great, who have faith in their gods that are going to get those opportunities. So the in terms of mistakes, um, what can I say? Um, I think one of the mistakes that it's a blessing, I think it's a it was a mistake in disguise because it's a blessing and it's something I've always cherished and I think it is one of the best things that I've ever achieved in life. Uh, that was uh, getting kids at early age. Uh, I think it is a mistake. Why is it a mistake? Because supporting them. Like, you don't want to live away from your parents, from your kids. Um, also, like, I was financially unstable, like, living literally without any social income, apart from either doing some informal jobs, either as a laborer on construction sites, uh, sometimes just uh, going to the town, and then, like, uh, probably you can do something for somebody. I remember I once worked as a houseboy, like, to to get some money, and I, the guy even kicked him out of the house because I remember I slept on, on the stairs for one day. Then the next day, like my, my, uh, clothing and other stuffs, like had been thrown out. So I had to, to do what I had to go and pick them. Then I had to leave, and I think. <laughs> That is what actually helped me to even get a scholarship because I had to leave uh, like from Mombasa to Nairobi. And then when I came to Nairobi, that 2016, the whole of 2016, I got the road scholarship when I was doing uh, the construction work. I think I failed to mention that because from late April to uh, December to November, when I went to graduate, I was doing the construction work. I was working for a guy was a high school dropout and he used to pay me 400 shillings per, per day. So I used to go to work morning to around 6 p.m., come back at home, and then I rest, then I go to the cyber. I forgot to mention this, so I got back to the cyber. I didn't have a smartphone. I didn't have a laptop. I applied my scholarship to the cyber. So you get 400 and then you take 100 to the cyber. It was 50 cents per 
per minute. So I go and spend there almost close to three hours. And then I wrote my statement with the biro. So you go to the house after reading a lot of information on the internet, reading other personal statements that people have, uh, uploaded on the internet, like reading information on how to apply scholarship, and then come back at home, write. The next day, after you come back from Mujengo, you go and type, and then you do what you also think. So that is how I applied for for the for the that, that is how I applied for for my my scholarship, and uh, of course I managed to to get it. Yeah. So the reason why I was doing that job, um, it is because at that time, um, uh, of course, we had the firstborn, and uh, we literally depending on ourselves, like for the maintenance and all that. So I had to do the job at the same time. I had to to go and apply for scholarships. And you see, like you don't want to find yourself in that situation because this is a mistake I created myself, like uh, impregnating my girlfriend, getting the kids. You have no source of income. You don't have a house at that time. And so that was a, a mistake. If somebody was to ask me, at what age should I marry and get a, a kids? I'll tell them 33 or 35 plus. Because you want to finish your education. You want to get a job. You want to settle. You don't want to get a kid, uh, you, kids when you cannot pay for their maintenance. Like my wife, like the first uh, child, like she was literally living in Baringo. And like it, it was just the favor and generosity of her aunt who lived with her. And you see, like at that time, I'm working as a laborer on construction sites. Like how can you support her? And then we get the second kid. And at that time, I don't have a house. She's supposed to continue the education. And like she has to, we have the first kid. We have the second kid. There is no income. I don't have a house. So she has to live with a friend. I'm living with a friend. And so that was a mistake that I made. Like it didn't just affect like me. Like it was not good for the kids. What about my wife herself? She couldn't focus on education well. You can imagine getting the first born at age. I think it was age 19. Second born age 21. You're supposed to be focusing on education. And then even though I was there, support her and of course we are together right now like it affected her studies for me i continued like right now i'm at oxford but for her did she get time like to study at night to focus on her studies like you are in class you think about the kids i think that is the mistake that i made but i'm someone who always uh uh believes that if you make a mistake it is not a mistake if you don't correct it and that is why I said, I've got the kids. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to sacrifice my life to ensure that one, I continue to be this woman that I love. And two, to ensure that I can get some basic needs for, for the kids. And at the same time, to ensure that I can succeed with my career. And that is how I managed to get the scholarship. And that scholarship, at least it helped to change their lives because when I came here at least I got a house for them like at least like even right now we are not with the kids but I know like they are schooling in a better school and they are living a life that I never imagined living when I was still when I was still young 
So that was the biggest mistake that I made. And I am happy because it was a blessing. I got the woman that I wanted to live with in my life. She's supportive. And I think the most exceptional character that she has, it was perseverance and patience. Because if she didn't have those two, I don't know whether I would have managed to do what to even do the labor work, the mujengo, and also focus on applying the, the scholarship. And I think that is one of the things that managed to do what to make me be patient with her. I lived without her like for almost three years since 2017 until last year, 2017 uh, October until 2020 October, that is when she got a chance to to, to come here. And so my advice would be to people out there is, um, you know, we live in a society where we make decisions to please the society, but the society doesn't help us to, to do what to support or doesn't support those decisions we make. So like somebody will keep telling you like you are now 30, you're, you, you are supposed to marry. Is that person going to provide money for your kids? Is that person going to take your kids to better school? Is that person going to take your kids to the hospital when they are sick? And so the thing is, the society is driven either we can have the church, we can have the elders, or we can have some powerful people who always want this should be like this. The question you always need to ask yourself is, okay, my dad is telling me to marry, is that dad going to provide everything for my family? No. What about if I am going to be patient, finish my studies, get a job? Once you get a job, not just for men, because you must remember that when a woman and a man marries at younger age, the one who is affected most is the woman. And I will never advise a woman to marry before the age of 30. That one is very clear. I married when I was 21, my wife was 19. But I don't think that I will. I can advise somebody to do to do that. My advice will be do what first focus on education. Second, get a job. Once you get a job, you are settled. Then you can do it. You can marry. And I think every man, every woman I meet out there when I talk to them, that is the advice that I usually give them. And I think uh, I always get this. I went, I usually read the Bible. So when I was reading Genesis chapter 1, I was trying to assess the events of creation. So how did God create the earth? Did he, did God start with man or woman so god first started with the sun which is the light when we are born our parents always takes us to school to get the light because it is that light that is going to show you the direction to help you live a better life and then after that if you look at the chronology of events during the creation he didn't create plants before creating land and water because the water the plants cannot survive without water and without the soil. He didn't create the animals before the plants because what will the animals eat? And then what about humans? He didn't create humans when there was no 
the Garden of Eden for them to live in, where the, when there were no plants and animals for them to feed on. And so if you can look at that, that is something that no pastor is going to tell you. If you can try to replicate that in your life, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to start with getting the education. Once you get education, get a job, both the man and the woman. Once you get a job, get a place to live, whether it's renting or maybe building your own house or buying your own house. And then start saving and now you can get kids. So that if you are a man, you are getting a wife when you know that there are these things that in a marriage, they have to happen. And you are in a position to do what? To do that. And then if kids are coming, you are able to support them. And I think if you can read Genesis chapter 1, and then you think as a philosopher, it will help you to shape your love very well. And that is one thing that I always try to advise the people out there. And I think that is how it's supposed to be. Otherwise, the pastor will always tell you, can you imagine God created the earth? Can you imagine the most powerful God? But he won't tell you the chronology of events and how you can apply that in, in your life. And so the thing is, as I mentioned earlier, is don't let the society to shape whom you are. The challenge with that is, if you decide to deviate from the society, then you become like an outcast because people will start talking negatively about you. And it's only those who stand strong, who kind of like they create their own thick skin and a soft heart so that you are open to what people are to, whatever people are take, talking about you, the negativity, but you have a thick skin so that you don't let them on. So it is only those who take the course of deviating from the retrospective societal beliefs and practices that are going to become the most potent agents of change in the society. And those are the people who are going to liberate the society and those are the people who are going to bring change and transform the society. You know, the, the current world um, is more... It is really composed of very sensitive people. You rarely hear about uh, people such as Marcus Aurelius and the stoicists of the past. Like even if you look at the debates, like I, I know you guys watched the recent uh, presidential debates. Like they they no longer talk about the real issues, real policies that can shape the society and the country. They focus on their lives, personal lives, and it results from emotional thinking. And I think the internet has connected us, but also it has brought a lot of pressures in the society. So like uh, you go to the internet and you'll be like, okay, this Hudson, this guy is cool with him. And this guy is literally in the UK. You find yourself in stress. And then like, uh, you, like probably your friend will go and post a picture with a, a car like Mercedes-Benz post on Facebook and literally. And I think internet is the main cause of stress and um, mental problems. 
and I think it is a huge, huge problem. Just like cancer, the mental problem is also a very, very big uh, catastrophe that we need to to handle. Uh, from my own experience, I can say like I, I I once found myself in depression when I came here, and I had left my young wife and little kids alone. And I think because I separated from them, I found myself being very lonely. This society is more of um, uh, an individualistic society. People focus on their own. Like you can live with your neighbor, but you can never meet that neighbor. I remember when I was uh, doing my master at University College London, I could literally go the whole month without interacting with anybody on the flat where I was living. And then you go to the class. It's not like in Kenya where you guys will text each other, hey, like, can we meet when going to class? Can we out here after class? Here people will rush to the class. They arrive like two minutes before the lecture starts. After the lecture ends, everybody disappears. And most of the time, like you find yourself very lonely. And now you can imagine I came from a society that is more communal, like where it's very, very sociable, like people are engaging. And then like, I had also separated from my kids and I come in this kind of society and I found myself depressed, like I found myself stressed. Uh, in January 2018, uh, I remember I talked to the guys who are funding my studies, the Road Trust, and I was like, I think I feel like just dropping and going back home to be with my family. But on the other side, I was like, this is what I wanted and this is what is going to, not only to change my life, but largely it is going to help too to make a difference in, in Kenya and also to impact positively on people's lives. And that is where I found motivation. But what did I start doing? I invested a lot on reading about how to control like emotional problems, how to improve my emotional intelligence. And that was, um, I started watching a lot of videos. I think on Prime Video, there's a video called... Uh, emotional too and it talks about the mental problems and the solution and the truth is it is a bitter truth we create our own mental problems why because we focus on the external so that you see your friend with the car and why do you become stressed why do you become stressed that your friend has a good phone why do you become stress that your friend has good clothing. And so if you can learn to control the externals, the externals has nothing to do with you. Your friend have your own principles, have your own principles, but don't let the external stimulate to affect what is inside you. And I can tell you as I speak right now, like I don't care if you are to speak anything negative about me, I will just smile. If you are to insult me, I will never even bother about like engaging you. Like if you are to do it, I never. I know I want to be rich. I want to live in a better house. I want to have my own cars. Like I want to have some companies. But I've never found myself again thinking about, stressing about like when will I get this house? stressing about when will I get the car, like going out there and then I see my friend has achieved this and I'd be like, like, why should I get this? And I think I learned this because 
the moment I was dis- uh, depressed and stressed, I started reading a lot on stress management, and uh, that is how I watched a lot of clips. I even found this book. I can recommend if you can get it. It's called Dale Stoic. It's really good. Like it's uh, 366 med- meditation on wisdom, persevering, and the art of living. And I read literally every day. Like it really helps me. The other way I manage that is uh, I run in the mornings. So usually after every other day, I run like close to 10 kilometers. I do a lot of meditation. Sometimes I usually leave the house and my wife will be like, where do you usually go? And I tell her like there's a field which is close to where we live. So around night, probably she sometimes, I think sometimes she she, she, she thought like I'm, I'm a night runner. <laughs> But I am not like meditating is really good that is suspending yourself in the universe so you go to a pitch alone it can be at night it can be during the day for my preferred night like after I've studied a lot after I've done my uh, night works like that is reading project planning working on the organization I usually go to a food, uh, it's just a, a park I sleep there UK is very safe, so you can literally like do anything at night and nobody's going to harm you. And I just sit there and like you try to ask yourself, okay, today I've been stressed. Why? Why was I stressed? Okay, I think uh, there's somebody who made a post on Facebook and I didn't like it. How is it? How is that post affecting your life? Did that post uh, uh, prevent you from studying? Did that post prevent you from getting your dinner? Uh, is it going to prevent you from, uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, probably achieving your future goals? And then how can I prevent this? Such kind of... And, like, what are the things am I supposed to think about? I think I'm supposed to think about how is this company going to work out? How is my PhD going to work out? How are my kids going to work out? What is it that I can do in the society? And then also reducing the time on internet because it's really addictive. My first year when I was depressed, like I was on the internet 24-7 and like it was literally increasing. And you see when you're on Facebook and you post a photo and you get a few likes than you expected, that is a source of stress. And so like even though these people are liking your photo, how is that changing your life? Even if you are going to get a thousand likes, how is that going to change your life? It is not. In fact, the most successful people, they only come um, to light, like they only become fame when they have made something. And so right now, why are you struggling to be fame? And one, you have not even changed your life and you have not made any impact. And so the thing is, mental uh, health is a problem. And I think we need more specialists to uh, tackle this problem. We need to train more psychologists, uh, more uh, counselors. But at the same time, I think it is something that you can manage when you realize that you are experiencing these challenges because you are living in a cave. So it is like you are in a cave, an underground cave, and it's dark, but there are some penetration. There are some holes on top which are bringing in some light. And those penetration are causing 
the heat on the light hits on your body it leads you to see some shadows and so what you are experiencing are shadows and not reality and so if you try to get out of that cave and then you come on the ground and then that is when you will start realizing okay so i was seeing this shadow and i thought it was true so i was thinking that i got this problem because of this guy but literally it was not that guy it was just something in your mind and so that is now when you see the light and you start facing reality so that is how to kind of do it to handle stress you need to take time to meditate to ask yourself question why is it that i'm facing this am i really having stress because of true problems of course if you lose your parent you're going to 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 be stressed if you lose a job you're going to be stressed if you apply for a scholarship and you don't get it and you are not a grateful person you will be stressed if you apply for a particular opportunity you don't get it and you are not a thankful person you'll be stressed because most people always want to get what they are looking for and it's really really bad to have high expectations it is really really bad to have high expectations because if you fail you will be stressed but if you are working hard and you have faith in what you are doing and at the same times you have to acknowledge you can either get it or lose and if you fail that failure is only going to be permanent if you acknowledge in your mind or accept in your mind that you are a failure but those people who take failures as lessons so you apply for a scholarship this time and you are not shortlisted for the interview instead of getting stressed and complaining to god or to whoever you believe in so why is it that other people have been shortlisted and i failed what you are supposed to ask yourself is which mistake did i make and that will take you to even making more efforts next time you reach the interview stage if you fail then don't say like it was because of tribalism or racism or favorism it is because probably the other candidate was more qualified because of prior thorough preparations than you and so what you are supposed to do is you one be thankful why you got a chance for the interview so at least you have got the experience next time you go back to the same interview you know the questions that you expect to 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 be asked and so you need to do now more preparation and next time you go you are more uh prepared and of course you are likely to to get and so the thing is like there is no failure that is permanent until you until you accept it that is what i'm trying to convey to you uh the thing i will uh give as my last uh, advice is um we have problems out there and there are no specific people to solve this problem it is we like what you guys are doing i understand very well that in africa or in kenya if i'm specific we have always lacked the the platform to convey science information and science news and some motivational news about science to the people it is only through science and research that a country can develop it is not politics let me tell you like 
without science and research you can never produce a car without science you can never produce a drug without science you can never come up with better policies to address societal challenges and so it is only through science and of course with the grace of god who created the earth god created it us and gave us the arts to do what we can do to even make it better and majority of the problem that we face we created them so we want to have solutions so there is success in every opportunity that you try to to pursue there is always success anything that you try to do like you guys right now you might think like oh we are doing this work probably like it's not getting the attention that we need but i can tell you even elon musk in in 201 you're not getting that attention in 201 like people are saying we can never produce an electric car we can never have a commercial <coughs> a private commercial company launching satellites into space but that is what he's doing and so identify these challenges like what you're doing uh, guys we are not only going to enlighten the people about science but you are going to encourage more people on our continent to do what to devote their life in science and that is how we will start addressing the chronic challenges that we have been facing since time immemorial and the thing that i will always tell you is that if you are passionate about something that can help make a difference in someone's life in the society or in the country that you live in or in the world then you can never drive away from it even if the odds of succeeding are against your favor always stick to that course and i can tell you with patience when you are working hard and being persistent in your efforts you are guaranteed success no matter how many times you are going to fail treat those failures as learning lessons because each failure has a lesson in it why did i fail and then you use your own ingenuity and imagination to try to get the problem like the reason why you failed next time you'll always do better and with time you will always get what you wanted and you'll always make a difference so you guys anybody out there i can just advise like you don't need a godfather to succeed in life you don't need um um support like from anyone to succeed in life you need to identify your niche what is it that i want to do in this world and then we have a lot of information on the internet so use that information to read and read and read and understand what you are trying to pursue and then try to do what you are doing you might be getting less attention today don't be demotivated because after some time it is going to reach the whole world that this has been discovered and that is now when you'll be telling them that you see what a few years ago this whom i was because so many people let me tell you so many people really don't know that there was a time like when i was young from primary from school i was sleeping on a sack 
dried dried grass inside that was our mattress nobody knows that like uh, i used to walk on bare feet until i was joining uh, high school and of course the only shoe i i had when i was going to high school was the the school shoes otherwise during the other time you are always on bare feet the first time i'm going to the town is like when i'm done with my high school education and so like no no one knows about this life so so many people always engage out there and like they always think like this guy like is really from must be coming from a very 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 uh, rich background but the truth is i literally came from humble background i went to small schools i went to small university but because i had ambitions because i knew what i wanted to do and because I always try to ensure that every dream that I pursue is a generous dream. It's not just meant to benefit me. It's meant to help one person or two persons of the society. That is what made me to become whom I am today. And I think also that is one of the advice that I want to give you that don't pursue a goal because you want to be rich. If you are doing it to get money, then you are not likely to succeed the way you want do it because you want to make an impact because let me tell you one thing if you are going to start a supermarket with the aim of getting money that supermarket is not likely to succeed but if you sit down you take like 2 3 years doing research to identify what are the needs of the people in terms of the supermarket business so how many supermarkets do you have in Kenya what products are they offering how about their services how about the employees the company itself how are they treating the 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 public and then now you are starting a supermarket with the aim of satisfying people's needs anybody who starts a company to satisfy people's needs that person is likely to succeed because he has the market but if you are starting it because you want to become rich and you don't know the market then the odds of succeeding are very very minimal you get the point i can use the example of bill gates bill gates started microsoft what was the main reason it is because he wanted to connect the world he wanted the people to be able to do their work and to be able to chat and to network just from the house or from the office that is the same thing that um, the apple guy um, i'm forgetting his name the guy who died from pancreatic cancer steve jobs i think it was steve jobs when he was starting the company it is the same thing he wanted people to have a portable computer and phone and be able to do their work and connect from home that is the same thing like mark zuckerberg he wanted to create one world the same thing elon musk how can we reduce or like uh, prevent the problem of climate change we can have electric cars how can we take people to the space and all these people have generous generous uh, uh, goals they wanted to make a difference and so if you are pursuing a goal with an aim of making a difference the one thing that you always assured of you already have the market because you want to solve people's needs and they will give you money in return that is how your business bulbs but if you are only interested in 
I am starting this uh, science news um, organization because it will earn money. Then I can tell you, like, you are likely to do the work, to do the work, to do the work, and you will never get satisfied with what you are doing. But if you are, you are, your purpose is, I want to connect Kenyans, I want to motivate Kenyans to know of what are the things that are happening outside there, and how can I also be part of what is happening, or how can I replicate that in this country? I want to enlighten the society with science news. Then I can tell you that is what is going to take you to the level that you are targeting. That is what is going to make you to achieve the goal. So always try to pursue a goal, even if you want to become an MP. Don't pursue that journey because you want to become rich. It is because you have identified problems in the society and you feel like we don't have justice, we don't have liberty, we don't have economic problems, the, the education system is not good, like we don't have quality healthcare system and I believe like I can participate by helping to come up with some better policies which can make a difference in, in my society. So try to pursue, even if you, are, you want to become a teacher, it is not because like you want to, to receive the government funding the government man at the end of every month. It is because you want to teach with passion and produce more transformative uh, young people who are going to make change in the society. So every goal always pursue it with an aim of, I want to produce something that will make an impact and I want to transform the society. That is the advice I can give. (music) 